0: The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our review of the player cards in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. This is part three of our look at the Seeker cards. In this episode, we are going to discuss Orphic Theory, Existential Riddle, Guidance, and Dr. William T. Allison Level 2. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe before we get started a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on the whisper and darkness the best of the best get an elder sign while the worst of the worst get an auto fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero or elder thing respectively. cards that you build around or cards that are good in one particular deck get a blessed token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or are simply bad for the big game, get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. Speaking of amazing members of the community, Michael Gaskin is the latest player to embrace the darkness. Thank you very much, Michael, for your tremendous support. It is greatly appreciated, and I hope that your experience with this game is as positive as it has been for me. If you'd like to be amazing like Michael and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to Patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the Whisper in Darkness logo, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, Arkham Horror fans, to our review of the player cards in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. We're taking a look at the Seeker cards in this batch of reviews. This is part three of our four part series. Just a quick reminder that we will be taking a look at the uh, customizable cards later in the review cycle uh, due to the sheer amount of uh, text on not necessarily the customizable card itself, but the the extra card included in the box the first card we're going to take a look at uh, in this review is orphic theory it's a two cost asset that has uh, costs one xp it has the spell trait and an intellect skill icon uses four secrets as a free triggered ability spend one secret choose any non-weakness treachery not attached to an elite enemy until the end of the round, treat the card's printed text box as if it were blank, except for traits, and it uh, takes up an arcane slot. Now, we have seen this type of effect very rarely in the game. The idea of blanking text boxes, we saw Mind Wipe way back in the, uh, the core set, the uh, mystic card that uh, blanks the text boxes of, uh, of enemies, and uh, it didn't really light the world on fire. It does see play in uh, in some decks because there are certain enemies where it is, it is worthwhile to blank the text box. But uh, that tends to be quite rare. This one blanks the text box of non-weakness treacheries. Now, there are quite a few of them. I was looking back. Even at just the core set, there are yeah. quite a few non-weakness treacheries that... Uh, that might be worth blanking frozen in fear stands out to me if you happen to be playing a, a, a seeker rogue that might be interesting uh dissonant whispers is actually pretty annoying at times Oh yeah and so this would solve that uh, once you get past the core set there are i think i counted something like 60 non-weakness treacheries that yeah, there are a of lot of them qualify yeah. for this. Of course, in the Dunwich uh, Legacy, you've got uh, Beyond the Veil, which can outright kill you. This can buy you a turn, so you blanket, cycle your deck, and then you're you're safe from it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: What do you think about this one?
1: I think this is going to be more the the one of the more underrated cards of the, of the set. I think this is um subtly powerful. I want to compare it to the usefulness of Alter Fate, the survivor card that just discards a non-weakness treachery from play. And that card is clutch. Like every time I've run it, like it's been very useful to get rid of, even as something as basic as a locked door or very like pretty specific treacheries that seem to come up in almost every scenario. In a lot of, a lot of scenarios in the later campaigns in particular, you'll get these nasty treacheries like um is it Black Stars Rise, the one that adds two doom to a location? Is that the one?
0: <laughs> you know? Something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even <laughs> like, like you mentioned, locked door, and I think locked obscuring door. fog is another one that can get kind of mm-hmm. annoying from time yeah. to time, depending on exactly where it hits.
1: Like there, there are quite a lot of them. Where these treacheries, like they drain you of multiple actions to you know to deal with them. I'm thinking Black Stars Rise again, but then you have like locked door, which is like a difficulty four skill test, and if you're not, if you if you're in a, if your uh, agility and your combat are both pretty low, lock door is hard to deal with because it's difficulty four. So I guess what I'm getting at is um, there are actually quite a lot of treacheries this can hit, and often enough, blanking the treachery for a turn is as good as discarding it, like lock door, for example. I think this is surprisingly good. I actually wish this was a survivor card, because alter fate is a survivor thing, and kind of wish they had it was. I kind of wish survivor uh, survivor got this because I think survivor deserves it. Um this is another instance of seeker eating someone else's food. But this is this is like quite good. I I just got to say cuz you get to do it four times. Like it could like at its best, it's basically four wards of protection. You know, for two, <laughs> you know. At its best, at its worst, you're saving f- like four or five actions for the team. You know, by dealing with treacheries that are nasty on a particular turn. Yeah. Thinking like, um, oh, what was it from uh, Dream Eaters? You have the um, the um, the webs. What's the treachery yeah. that like makes it difficult to move out of locations? Yeah, you know, like, uh, Dream Eaters but, yeah.
0: has a whole bunch of them that uh, yeah. that can be pretty annoying. The yeah, because the they cost you. The ones that too. Uh, limit your investigation, uh, I believe. They're, I can't remember the name of it, but you
1: oh maga bird <laughs>
0: there's maga birds there's <laughs> that <goddamn> the thing. <laughs> hunted by corsairs is another one oh that God, right. might be worth <laughs> blanking yeah there's a couple that uh, affect your investigation it's just like you have to investigate and to discard the treachery so exactly. you're basically wasting an investigation if you can blank yeah. that for a turn until like, I think I think it mean? actually gets so discarded mean? at the end of the turn that particular treachery gets discarded at the end of the turn oh, as well yeah. so Blanking it for a turn is is helpful.
1: Yeah, it's like basically canceling it. Yeah, especially I'm I'm thinking, is it Maggabird that attaches to the location? I believe so. Yeah, I know one of those does where it's like it's super nasty, but it attaches to the location. So if you blank it for a turn, you investigate the location, you leave, and it's like, it's like you just played Ward of Protection on that on that treachery. Like this card is it's surprisingly powerful because that. Because treacheries that do things to you and cost actions to get rid of and require successful skill tests are like quite common. So this thing's really this thing's really good actually. It's just it's one of those where it's like utility. And utility is hard to like concept into a deck, I gotta admit, because it doesn't push your game plan forward. That's why I'm saying it's subtly powerful.
0: Yeah, it's nice that it only costs one XP too, so it's oh, yeah. it's available it's to affordable. pretty much You know a large variety of uh, of seekers and off class seekers who, you know, if you happen to be playing, you know, the flex slot or something like that, you can slide this in and and provide assistance to the team, especially if if you've got those treacheries that are attaching to locations and making your life miserable, and it takes up an arcane slot, which if you're playing uh I'm just going to say Roland for mm-hmm. to pick an off-class seeker it. he doesn't care about his arcane slot so having this available to him is is uh, quite nice how would you rate this one
1: plus 1 I think this is um I think this is quite a it's a subtly strong effect I think it is more useful than than even I probably think it is I think there are many many scenarios where this is going to come in clutch
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go plus one as well. I think cards like this sort of depend on how much you're afraid of those treacheries to begin with.
1: Oh yeah, it's true.
0: Like if you don't really care about them or you know, you're not if you're not worried about these Mm -hmm. sorts of treacheries, then this card isn't gonna do very much, but or you're you're not going to buy it, but I think there are... I was actually kind of surprised when I actually took a look at the card pool and and saw how many of these treacheries exist. There are a lot of them, even in just the core set, that, yeah, yeah, getting rid of a locked door for a turn might not seem like much, but, I mean, it can be such a huge tempo killer. Exactly. Or even something like Dissonant, Dissonant Whispers, which surprisingly oh, can be quite painful because yeah. you can't if play assets or turn. events and all of a sudden it's just yeah. like oh i was gonna play and then you realize oh i can't play that this turn yeah. and so and it you slows know, you down blanking it with this and being like well to hell with that i'm just gonna play whatever asset or event i was gonna play yeah. that will propel you forward mm-hmm. quite a bit so yeah. Yeah, I, you... I do like this one. Certainly more than blanking enemies. Enemies just tend to oh, die yeah. horrible deaths very quickly. Yeah, But some oh, of those like... treacheries can stick around for a long time.
1: The mm-hmm. so one thing that's really cool about this is that this gets really good in 4-player. Because 4 players, 4 times the treacheries that are hitting the board. So it becomes a target-rich environment for this thing. Because it's not only you don't have to worry about if it's only yourself who draws that dissonant voices, but if like anybody at the table draws the dissonant voices and is hurt by it, you know, you can handle it for them. You don't even have to be at the location of the treachery that you're blanking.
0: Yeah. That's, that's something important (laughs) to point out is that uh, while we've talked about a lot about blanking treacheries attached to locations that you don't have to be at a location to blank the treachery, you the yeah. treachery can be in anybody's threat area you can blanket for them mm-hmm. if your rogue is suffering under frozen from fear frozen from fear you save them and i think the biggest difference between orphic Theory and say mind wipe is that this one lasts till the end of the round mind wipe was yes. until the end of the phase
1: oh so it got its it got all its text back when it came time to hunt you
0: <laughs> yeah. so yeah. blanking the enemy wasn't a yeah. huge deal it didn't really do very much for very long this one this one's until the end of the round so that's uh that's a big difference as well plus ones across the board for orphic theory the next card is existential riddle it's a one cost event that costs one xp willpower and intellect skill icons i insight and paradox trait Parlay, choose a non-elite enemy at your location and test Willpower or Intellect 8. This test gets minus one difficulty for each other card in your hand. If you succeed, automatically evade the chosen enemy and attach Existential Riddle to it. Attached enemy gains Aloof. Thoughts on Existential Riddle?
1: I don't like this card. And it's not... it's, It's because it feels so it steps on the toes of like other things and i think it's overly complicated for what it actually does like this is what power creeps over rogue stuff like slip away you know or hand or, or guardian stuff like handcuffs this is some lunch some lunches are getting eaten here i don't like this card i wish i also wish it didn't have the tacked on bit about big hand cuz it's like why you know, like, why why are they limiting it to Big Hand by lowering the difficulty? Why don't just make it difficulty four and not have the each other card bit? Like, I see the power. There have been cards that do similar things in other classes. This kind of power creeps over them. This just makes you feel bad for handcuffs and slip away and cards like that. And then the the survivor one we got last set that makes the enemy attack you, and then you get rid of it.
0: Yeah, it is uh, somewhat reminiscent of Bolas, even in this box, where yeah. you know you you hit it with this event, and you basically mm-hmm. deal with the enemy for the rest of the game. Yep. By game, by you know, Bolas makes it exhaust whenever it starts to move, which hamstrings it. This basically just turns it into an aloof enemy that will never attack you it is leaning heavily into the the big hand strategy testing eight isn't uh, isn't easy even for somebody like daisy or uh, or harvey who have five uh, five intellect but once you even if you have a you know moderately large hand of five cards this one immediately drops down to three I mean, seekers don't have a ton of ways of of dealing with enemies, so I guess as the if I'm playing a seeker in a solo environment, oh, this, yeah. this gives you another option besides um, uh, I've got a plan and, and stuff yeah. like that and uh, so yeah yeah, I mean it's, it, it's it's powerful. I'll give it that. How would you rate this one?
1: I wish it wasn't in the game. I think it's going to be one of those effects, kind of like slip away or handcuffs, that it's not going to see lots of play and it's not going to be super disruptive. But I think the fact that it like eats lunches and just it's convoluted, I wish it wasn't in the game. I'm going to give it a curse for that alone. I just don't like this card.
0: I'm going to go plus one. I think it's strong. Yeah, it if is. you're playing the big yeah. hand deck, yeah. even better you're probably paying, you know testing zero with this if you once you get rolling big hand deck can be a little slow sometimes i find depending on how you're playing it getting to you know 10 12 cards is something that takes a couple turns but you can't really yeah. argue with the effect you know making yeah, an it's enemy very, a it's load quite strong. is is yeah. very strong and basically takes yeah. that enemy out of the game Permanently, yeah. it only affects non-elite enemies, but most of those are the ones you want to get rid of anyway. Elite enemies may have uh, victory points that you want to yeah. earn and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. I don't think that's uh, that's too restrictive. But
1: uh, yeah, it's it's very strong. I just really don't like it. I wish it wasn't in the game.
0: The next card is Guidance, uh, level one. This is a free event that has willpower and uh, wild skill icons insight trait. Choose another investigator at your location who has yet to take their turn this round. During their turn this round, the chosen investigator gets plus one to each of their skills and may take an additional action. Playing guidance does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Now, this is an upgrade for a card. I can't even recall what set uh, Levels of yeah, Guidance it. appeared in. Yeah. Because Black Stars Rise. Because <laughs> nobody really plays Guidance. I guess yeah. it's in this set because we have now an entire investigator that is built around giving other investigators yeah, an action or a free action each turn. But he can't take this card, which is probably yeah. for the best. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the big difference between level zero guidance and this is you get the plus one to each of their skills and it doesn't provoke attacks of opportunity. Otherwise, it's es- essentially oh. the same card.
1: Oh, wow. I'm looking at the original guidance. It provoked attacks of opportunity. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it did. I didn't even remember that.
0: Does the addition of plus one to skills and not provoking make this worthwhile or is it still binder fodder
1: yeah it's probably still gonna be binder fodder i gotta admit yeah it's one of those things where you're gonna sketch out like power turns you know where like the investigator given action to is gonna have this really powerful turn and they're gonna get a lot done and they're gonna they're gonna use that plus one on everything but reality is not the case like if original guidance was binder fodder i don't see this turning it around that being said it does have a willpower icon on it on top of a um, wild icon So at least it's two willpower icons, which is more than can be said for regular guidance. So I think it's less bad than regular guidance, but still awful.
0: I think it's interesting. We have yet another uh, string board in the background here. We've got uh, all the seekers are creating vast conspiracy boards with uh, red string connecting uh, various elements of the mythos together. Yeah, i it's, I think I was, was fairly, uh, I think I was fairly generous to Level Zero Guidance when I reviewed it uh, way, way back when. And obviously, as someone who plays mostly solo, I have never played Guidance, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I will never play this card. I think the Seekers have so much better to spend their experience points on. This one just isn't going to see the light of day. And if you want this type of effect, or if you enjoy this type of effect, you can play Carson, and you can get it every turn as a free triggered ability, basically. So how would you rate this one?
1: I want to do whatever is a step above tentacle, because at least it still does a thing. And if I think of it as... You're giving, like, say, three icons total across three skill tests. Like, I could see running this as a one-of on those clutch turns when, like, the Guardian needs to make multiple attacks. You know, simply for the plus ones, that's not nothing. So I'm going to give this an Elder thing. A very dark, tactically Elder thing. None, but still an Elder thing. Mainly because plus one, plus one to each of their skills is... It is worth something. And the fact that you can chuck it for... Like a, like a guts, I think, isn't the worst. Like the absolute worst. It's really bad, but it's not absolutely terrible.
0: I don't know. The solo player in me really wants to oh, tag yeah. this just, with a. Just, with just an be auto honest. Fail. Just be honest. But, you uh, could do
1: it. You could do it. You with the solo player. I was coming from the multiplayer perspective when I gave it an Elder thing, right? I was coming from that. We're going to have the clutch play where another player needs to make like a zillion tests, and I want to give them all plus one because it's actually going to matter you know because i'm going to give it to a rogue and they're going to make seven skill tests you know that was that was that got it an elder thing okay so you can you can be solo you can be honest
0: no i think i'll give it an elder thing it does have two willpower skill icons which is good it does you know as long as the I think this is this is one of those cards that's really situational. It, it's Oh yeah. You know, I think when you play it, everybody's going to be like high-fiving each other around the table cuz something miraculous is going to happen. This yeah. isn't the type of card you're just you just sort of casually throw out there and be like, "Hey, here's here's an extra action. Go go crazy." Like this is like mm-hmm. some investigator has gotten themselves in a in an impossible situation. Where they need to evade three enemies and move. And suddenly you show up and are like, Well, here you go, here's an extra action. I'm not yep. gonna provoke attacks, and you're gonna get plus one, and everybody's loses their minds. <laughs> so for those situations, I will bump it up to Elder Thing, okay. but uh chances are I will never play this card.
1: Yeah. But at least it, it, it gives you two willpower, which it does it does do that. So it's not like it's going to go through a whole game and be useless. You know, like you'll probably find a willpower test to throw this into.
0: The next card we're going to talk about is Dr. William T. Allison working on something bigger. Do they often change the uh the subtitles it is of
1: cards? Becoming more and more frequent, probably because we the gamers love it when they do it. We go, "Ha ha ha, they changed the they changed the subtitle." <laughs>
0: And he is like a one-cost asset that costs two experience points, willpower and intellect skill icons ally and Miskatonic trait as a response. When any investigator draws an encounter card from the encounter deck, mm-hmm. exhaust Dr. William T. Mallison and place one of your clues on your location. That investigator draws another card from the top of the encounter deck, chooses one of those two cards to resolve, and cancels and discards the other. He has two health, two sanity, and takes up an ally slot. Now, Dr. William T. Allison, Level Zero appeared in the Lost in Time and Space Mythos pack since reprinted in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. One of the cheapest allies in terms of resource cost to yeah. soak potential uh, out there. Uh, the ability here is different in that a, you can use it for any investigator. Well, yes. where level zero, uh, Dr. Mallison is just you. Yeah. And the effect is somewhat different, which makes me kind of wonder whether if the level zero version of Dr. William T. Mallison was printed, whether it would be phrased this way. But basically, with level zero, you discard the encounter card and draw another one. This one gives you a choice between the two, which is is an issue with level zero version because sometimes you draw that encounter card and you're like, well, this is pretty bad. Could I possibly do worse? And then you draw something and you're like, yeah, it's worse. <laughs> 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 and yeah. you're very unhappy. This one you at least get to pick between potentially two really bad options, but... Uh, it is nice yeah. to have that choice. What do you uh, think about this guy?
1: So I actually kind of like this guy. I feel like this. How to describe this? This feels like this feels like what William T. Mallison like kind of should have been. I think he's properly costed too, because Ward of Protection level two is like kind of like a quintessential um, mystic card. We don't want to step on their toes too much. So that being said, this is this is pretty good because the fact that you get to, you get to pick between two means you can use Malison as like an a shield against enemies even and that's just for like yourself let's say you're playing solo right and you don't like enemies but you're a, you're a seeker you can pick up that clue really quickly right because you're a seeker and you're really good at picking up clues like that's easy for you but the thing that would stop you is enemies so you can wait till you draw an enemy you know and then drop the clue draw two cards and hopefully one of them won't be an enemy and then the other enemy goes into the discard pile, which means you won't see it for a while. If you add all that up, that's pretty good. Also, you can use that as ancient in multiplayer, Ancient Evil's Filtration. Totally. Yeah. Because the level zero William T. Team Allison only covered yourself. When you're playing four players, that's not very good um, Ancient Evil's Filtration. This, however, does.
0: I like this ability. I don't know if I'm spending 2 XP on it,
1: though. Mm-hmm
0: in solo at least because the one thing I do find about like William T. Malison has saved my ass more times than I can count and and I really like this card I just don't know if I'm spending 2xp on it because as campaigns progress the encounter deck becomes more and more ruthless the last time I really played Malison was in Black Stars Rise or not Black Stars Rise uh, Beyond the Black Throne in solo Mm-hmm. and there you're using him, I was using him to to sort of keep the mindless dancers off the table the problem there is that the treacheries in that deck are worse because they're all adding doom so you're sort of in this position where you're really picking between two terrible options and I don't know whether I'm willing to spend two XP to know what that oh, terrible I option see. is Uh Rather than just being like, yeah, I don't want to see this card. Throw me something else It potentially could be just as bad or worse.
1: Consider, though, that the other option goes to the discard pile. And you don't have to deal with it for a long time. I think the the other one got
0: got reshuffled in, didn't it? exactly right it got shuffled back yeah that actually might be worth worth this also
1: solves the problem that we've all had with mailson where we discard we shuffle back in something that we don't like and draw something worse that doesn't happen because you're given that worse before you you know and then the worst thing you get to discard and also consider i want to say consider i think william melson like this the base version the soak for cost is, like, so strong that I urge you to consider this card As if the original Malison didn't exist. If the original Malison didn't exist, this is still very good. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So how would we uh, rate the upgrade?
1: I'm going to give this a plus one, because, like, soak for cost, very good. And I think the effect is quite, is quite good. I like how it covers the whole table. That's really nice. So you can actually, as a Seeker, you can effectively... Do ancient, um, ancient evils protection for the whole table. I also like that you can provide a shield against like enemies with this guy. I do like that a lot. So like any particular category of encounter card that you or a particular investigator at the table has trouble with, you can pretty effectively shield them from that. Yeah, I I think this is a plus one. I think this is quite good.
0: I don't. Uh, I can't think of off the top of my head how many cards we have that shield. Everybody at the table from treacheries. I know. Oh,
1: we discussed one um, in the guardian set.
0: Yeah, the guardians have a f- uh, have a couple. Mystics yeah. obviously have warder protection level two, but I st- I don't mm-hmm. think it's a very common effect. And so, depending on the makeup of your group, the ability for a seeker or off class seeker to include this type of effect is very strong. So yeah, I'm going to give him a plus one as well. I've always loved the level zero version of this guy. Even just for the soak, for the cost, is out of this world. And the fact that he can protect you from whatever either enemy or treachery you really don't want to see at the time is often worth the clue. And now that you have support in terms of research notes and all the other clue dropping tech that's in this Mm -hmm. box you can slot him into that deck and and uh pick up clues at uh, higher shroud locations quite easily
1: yeah if you take this forewarned and orphic theory and you put them all together like that's that's quite a package of like encounter deck protection
0: so plus ones across the board for uh dr william T. allison a favorite of mine and uh it's nice that uh, he is now a, uh, a multiplayer option uh, as well. That's going to do it for our look at uh, this batch of seeker cards. Let us know in the comments down below what you think. Uh, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'd say this is like the seeker not um, not doing the uh, you know scoop up clues bit. They've got a kind of a variety of effects here. Although, yeah, you know, three of the four seem very like team oriented. You know, guidance, Doctor William T. Melson, and Orphic Theory are like actually pretty good in multiplayer because of the you know the types of effects you can get and the coverage you can provide i i mean again like existential riddle i wish it didn't exist the art's really good though it's like an eyeball staring at i'm guessing that's alice you know she's got the little bow on her hair yeah that's got to be alice in wonderland that's that that novel's like full of existential riddles
0: yeah it's it's a good batch of cards the uh Mm -hmm. i mean orphic theory and and malice and give you quite a bit of control in multiplayer over what the table is dealing with. Mm -hmm. And then if you're playing a a seeker, uh, existential riddle lets you basically nerf an enemy or two per game, turning them aloof. So as long as they're not, uh, not say the wizard of the order or something like that, you've probably dealt with the, uh, the enemy uh, quite handily. Guidance, I don't know, it's it's there if you want it's it. There.
1: If you want to be a team player, original Guidance is still terrible, but at least this you'll get some claps for.
0: That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.